selling with authenticity. It's building that relationship. Learning about the value. Because you want to make that impact. It can make you happy. Elevate others around Welcome us. to the Selling from the Heart podcast. Your home for authentic, effective, and socially integrated sales strategies to help you master the art of selling. Join your co-hosts Larry Levine and Daryl Amy, along with some of the world's best sales thought leaders and practitioners, as we explore ways to help you grow your sales. Hello and welcome back to Selling from the Heart. Your co-host, Daryl Amy, here today with Larry Levine. What's going on, Larry? Oh, it's another phenomenal day in the Selling from the Heart podcast. Hey, by the way, it's great to see you. It's great to see you as well. And for everyone listening in today, it's I'm glad you're here. If you're new to the Selling from the Heart podcast, you've joined a growing community of sales professionals that are dedicated to being genuine, being authentic, adding real value. We call it Selling from the Heart. And it is exciting right now, Larry. Here we are right in the middle of spring. Things are heating up and it, it is fun watching the community of Selling from the Heart professionals. Uh, just want to give a huge shout out to everybody in the Selling from the Heart Insiders group and what an incredible encouragement and source of ideas this has been as we mastermind some of the solutions to the problems that we're all facing. Yeah, it's just, it's just been an awesome community. It's uh, I'm so proud to see the community come together. But by the way, wh where did winter go? We're already talking spring. I'm like, it's oh, amazing. What the heck is happening? Things are moving forward. Uh, but you know what? It, in order to grow to the next level, uh, one of the books I'm reading right now is Who Not How, which is a fantastic book. Um, and and in that book, it talks about how. You know, the how we do things is important, but the people that we surround ourselves yeah. with is even more important. And that's certainly true if you're a sales professional professional or sales leader that wants to take things to the next level. And so this is why I'm absolutely fired up and excited about the communities that are forming around Selling from the Heart, the Selling from the Heart Insiders Group, as well as, uh, so if you're a sales professional, you're going to love the Selling from the Heart Insiders Group. But now uh, the Selling from the Heart Sales Leaders Mastermind, a monthly uh, gathering of sales leaders. All of this is so cool because what it's allowing us to do is bring our minds and our hearts together and be able to actually advance to the next level of not only sales success, but also satisfaction and fulfillment. Yeah, you know, it, it, there's that old saying, you become, you know, who you hang out with. And I think it wasn't it Jim Rohn who said you, you become the who you hang out with. It's like, like the five, five people, closest. right? Look at yeah, look and, it up. Yeah. And, and I would say this, whether you're a sales leader or sales professional, come hang out with us because you're going to hang out with like hearted, like minded people. And you are who you start to hang out with. Yeah. So if you want to come hang out with us, just go to sellingfromtheheart.net and uh, click on the communities link, sellingfromtheheart.net. Click on the communities link, or you can also see the, the link rolling across the bottom of the screen if you're watching on video. And by the way, if you're not watching on video, we're on YouTube every week. <laughs> you can subscribe and see uh, see Larry's smiling face. We've got a fantastic conversation. Well, yours as well, dude. Well, thank you. I, I, <laughs> just, I, don't know, I don't know what to say, Larry. Hey, thank you, uh, everybody, for, for subscribing, liking, and commenting on uh, on the podcast on YouTube or whatever platform on which you listen. We've got a very 
powerful and inspirational conversation lined up today. I'm excited about our guest. So why don't you introduce our new friend and let's dive in, Larry. Oh, I've, I've been looking forward to this. By the way, welcome, Zach. Special shout out to uh, my friend, Zach Mofield, for uh, being the inspiration behind connecting with Zach Matthews. And, you know, it's just it's so nice, Daryl, to be able to bring people on the younger generation to kind of share their journey and, and, and inspire those that are out there in sales. Because, you know, sales is sales requires some discipline requires some planning, it requires some practice, and it requires a process. And we can't wait to have this conversation. Zach Matthews, welcome to Selling from the Heart. Larry Durrell, thanks for having me on. I'm excited. It's going to be a great conversation today. I'm really excited to dive in. But you know the question that every guest <laughs> on the Selling from the Heart podcast answers, and that is, what does it mean to you, Zach, to sell from the heart? Yeah, so um, the first thing that comes to mind, especially with my experience, is um, just assessing a person's pain points and really getting down to the nitty gritty of, you know, how can you solve that pain for, pain point for them? Um, I'll give you an example based on, you know, just my background, you know, um, I was in ticket sales for several years and, uh, you know, with, with the position title, you know, ticket sales representative, ticket sales account executive, you know, there's, there's, you know, that can be misconstrued. You know, the, the misconception there is, you know, you're, oh, well, I sell tickets, right? But, you know, with the, the misconception there is that, you know, you're, you're just selling like a piece of paper that gets someone into a professional sports game, right? Mm -hmm. But when you really dial it back and you really think about it from a 300-foot view, you know, you sell way more than just a piece of paper. You know, you're selling the experience, you're selling the number of seats, you know, the, the number of people that they can bring with them to that game. Uh, you're selling the proximity to the field. You're selling the benefits that come with being a, a season pass member. You know, um, you're really getting down to like their why of why they even want to, you know, attend a professional sports game, you know, and, um, and that, that occurs for both B2B and just, you know, one-on-one, -on -one, like, you know, uh, you know, person or a salesman, a client. Right. So like, for example, you know, I, I've had clients who, you know, they were a father looking to, you know, reconnect with their son or, or build their relationship with their son. And so they wanted season passes to the, you know, the, their son's favorite football team or, um, you know, the, the CEO who wants to, you know, build a employee engagement, you know, just kind of show appreciation for their, uh, their staff and uh, actually, you know, pay money for an event that they will actually attend um, so, you know, it's, it's just little things like that, you know, getting back to the why and really just figuring out what the pain point is and, and just selling from your heart, you know, putting yourselves in, the, in their shoes and, and seeing why they would want to buy, you know, the product or service that you sell. Oh, Daryl, I love this. First of all, Zach, I'm a sports geek, so you've already gotten to my heart already. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> you want to buy some tickets, Larry? Yeah. <laughs> They're too dang expensive, but nevertheless, but I, I, I love what you said because I'm, I'm, I'm a big, huge believer. I've said this over and over and over again, because I have some near and dear friends who are in the sports world that, that do sell tickets. And I'm a big believer that it's about selling memories and it's about ex and selling experiences. Mm -hmm. And th those are just the byproduct, right? But you got to really understand and dig in. And, and I remember, um, having this very first conversation with you, Zach. And one of the things, cause I've done some work inside the sports world and this might be a great conversation to just really kick this off, Daryl. 
is I know some of the struggles that younger salespeople have and this, whether this be in the sports world or in any other field is really finding their authentic voice to really, you know, hone in and, and have that conversation to be able to sell those memories and experiences. Walk us through what you did as a young seller to kind of coach yourself through some of this. Yeah. So I, I think it gets back to kind of what I just said, you know, you're putting yourself in someone else's shoes. You know, I personally, I've never been a business owner. But, you know, when you put yourself in someone else's shoes, you're able to kind of see, you know, how the product, I mean, nobody knows the product better than you, right? So, you know, you, you know the benefits, you know how it can, it can help other people. So when you put yourself in someone else's shoes, whether it be a CEO or, you know, whoever, you know, um, then you can kind of understand what they're going through and, you know, how your product can, can benefit them. I'll give you an example. So. Uh, one of my biggest clients when I was with the Buccaneers, um, he was a, a dentist. He owned his own dentistry and he was so, you know, he was so focused on just making sure that his staff always felt appreciated, you know, and, and the way that he liked to do that was just by booking as many events as he could, you know, getting them out to as many group events as they possibly could. And so, you know, I'm obviously not a dentist. I, I have no idea what he goes through on a day-to-day -day basis, but, you know, by putting him in his shoes and really just kind of understanding you know, what his, you know, purpose was, what, what was really, you know, driving him to book that group event or, you know, in, or, you know, reserve that sweep for the Bucks versus Panthers game. You know, you're able to kind of understand, um, you know, the purpose behind the sale, not just, you know, oh, well, you know, his, his group could, you know, be like a $3,000 sale. How can I get him to a $3,500 sale, you know? versus you know what what other benefits what other packages can i include in this sale that, that's going to really help him drive that engagement right and keep him coming back i think it, first of all i absolutely love this line of conversation because i'm a firm believer that buyers don't buy products and services they buy the outcomes those products and services deliver and i think you know it along the theme of our conversation today talking about the first decade in sales and i think this is going to be so helpful for some uh, reps that are listening in that are are new uh, to sales as they're thinking about their first decade, I think it's also going to be helpful for a lot of us who would look back uh, <laughs> with uh, distant memories. In the case of Larry on the, on his first <laughs> decade in sales, I, I, by the by the way, I knew we've gone a little bit of time, and the minute Zach, I'm telling you, the minute he started going there, I know this guy so well, he's going to slam me. It just sorry about that. But it's it's I, just I too fun. It's too fun. But seriously though, if you think about you know this this first decade in sales, one of the things that I remember was um, I felt um, a level of insecurity about what to say and what to talk about, because let's face it, you know, it doesn't matter what industry you're in. There's a learning curve for products and services, especially for our friends who are in highly technical industries. And you walk into a new sales job and you feel like, I don't, I don't you know, I don't know the product. But I think what you brought up is really, really helpful is to realize if buyers aren't really buying the product and service or buying the outcome that product and service delivers, yeah, you got to learn your product. But the most important thing is to be able to drive conversation and understand what's important to that dentist buying the tickets versus what's important to the dad buying the tickets and, and to really draw that out. And to me, that offers a lot of hope um, and, and promise for 
younger aspiring salespeople to be able to say, okay, well, I may not be a CEO of a company. I may not be an expert in every product this company that I just got a job for offers, but I can drive a human to human conversation about what's important to you and what outcomes are you looking for? It seems like that is uh, actually something that would be a very helpful and hopeful uh, perspective for younger aspiring sales professionals to, to grab onto. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I mean, I think the biggest thing that, that, you know, a, a young sales professional struggles with is that imposter syndrome, you know, mm-hmm. not feeling like they're, you know, they're good enough or not feeling like they know their product enough, like you just touched on. So I think the biggest thing for them is just getting behind, you know, the, the, the why of the sale. I know I keep saying it, but mm-hmm. that's, that's the easiest way to navigate this whole thing is, you know, are you able to kind of understand what drives that particular customer? You know, and that's the same thing with B2B sales too. Like it doesn't mm-hmm. change. So um, just understanding that the background, you know, where they're coming from and what their ultimate goal is, is going to help you sell the product, you know, and, and like you said, you know, the end result. I'm just curious, where did you learn this? Walk us through this. I mean, what was the epiphany? Because we just don't, it just doesn't happen in our younger days. I mean, what triggered this? Walk us through that. Yeah, well, it was a little bit of trial and error, I'll be honest with you. Um, you know, it's, I mean, you you know better than anyone, you know, after hundreds, thousands of sales calls, you, you just kind of start to pick up on some things. But right. I, I was I was really fortunate. I had great mentors along the way. Um, you know, so they really helped me like navigate the whole thing. And, um, you know, it, it's just, it, it's so tough for young sales professionals. I mean, you know, the misconception I think is that you have to have a passion for sales to be good at it, you know, and, and I would argue that that, pay, that passion doesn't happen for a while. You know, mm-hmm. you, eventually, you eventually pick it up, but you know, it's not something, there are very few that I've come across who are just passionate about cold calling someone that's, you know, 10, 20, 30 years older than them right from the get go. You know, it, it takes some time to kind of feel out, you know, what's, what's the fulfillment in this job and, you know, how can I take pride in my work, especially, you know, I mean, let's be honest, you know, the teams that are looking for inside sales reps and ticket sales reps, they don't usually have the best record. So it's really hard for a young sales professional in the sports industry to take value and fulfillment for being, for selling a tough product, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. You know, then you really have to get get, get to the, the why behind that, you know, that person. And you, sometimes you have to explain to them why they would want to buy, you know, tickets to a, a team that's uh, less likely to, to win a game that they attend. But, um, you know, it's, it's just to answer your question, just trial and error and, and seeing, you know, the value of um, selling it that way versus, you know, relying on a winning record or you know whatever it may be to to drive the sale for you well and given that larry's a rams fan and i'm a cowboys fan i'm (laughs) feeling a lot of pain right now trying to figure out how to how i would sell tickets to a cowboys playoff game and all of that so hey this this is a really interesting uh line of conversation just looking back over over a decade in sales and all of this how did you end up getting in sales i'm just curious Uh, that's a great question so I, uh, we talked about this before I actually, uh, we started the podcast episode, but, um, I, uh, when I was a college student, you know, I just, I, I did a terrible job of building my network before I started looking for jobs. You know, I got to that point where, you know, I was in my last semester. I'm like, 
I don't have any connections to the sports world. You know, I wanted to work in sports. I got no connections to do that. Mm. So um, I really just started throwing darts at the dartboard, just kind of seeing what would work, you know, any entry level position that would give me a chance. And as fate would have it, um, there was, you know, um, Jeff Miranda with the Arizona Coyotes. Um, he offered me a position, an inside sales rep position, which for those of you that don't know, that's just, you know, that's an entry level position. It's part-time work and it's, it's really a prove it role, you know, um, it's, it's go in there, get your, get your feet wet, <laughs> what you got kind of thing, you know? And, uh, so, you know, that's, that's kind of how I landed the job, um, and got into sports sales specifically. But, you know, once I got on those phones and I sold my first flex pack, I'll never forget it. Um, flex pack in section 326. Um, <laughs> love it. I love it. <laughs> I, I was hooked right away. And, <laughs> and thank God I got into that industry because, you know, I'm a copywriter now, but, you know, I, I make the argument I'm selling more than ever, you know, so, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, it's, it's so, I'm, I'm glad you brought up, you know, your network and it's, um, you know, I, I'm a big believer now that um, networks or lack thereof will make or break you, especially in sales. And I, I, I would argue that, you know, throughout life is um, share with us, um, so looking at this through the lens of, cause I want, I want to still get into this network is, you know, looking at this through the lens of a young up and coming sales professional that's out there, what advice would you give them as it relates to building their network? And, and that, you know, and there's pros and cons to this, right? And, and, but when we start looking at this, what, what encouragement would you offer somebody who's young in sales on why to build their network when they be, when they might be doubting, why should I even build a network? Sure. Uh, well, there are two things that come to mind. The first thing is don't be afraid to talk to decision makers. You know, I think as a young professional or a college student, you know, wherever you are in your career, I think the biggest misconception is that, you know, executives don't want to talk to me because I don't have experience or I don't have enough, you know, and that couldn't be further from the truth. I mean, I know for a fact, you know, there are I've talked to directors of ticket sales. I've talked to CEOs who um, they love the opportunity to talk with someone who, you know, is in an entry level position or, you know, aspiring to be because, you know, first of all, it reignites their passion. They were once in your shoes and, you know, throughout all the successes, you know, the day to day kind of gets mundane and they kind of figure out that they, you know, forget for a second what, you know, why they're in this position in the first place you know, talking to an, to a young professional kind of gives them a spark. I mean, I've had multiple directors tell me that. So that would be the first thing, you know, don't be afraid to reach to the decision makers, you know, the, the C-suite, you know, people, um, people with VP in their title. I mean, LinkedIn is a great way to grow your network, you know, no matter where you are. I mean, it's, um, and it gives you a chance to kind of book a face-to-face -face via Zoom call or you know, whatever it may be. I mean, it's, it's so easy to grow your network these days. Um, but the second part of it, you know, advice that I would give them is just, you know, don't overlook the entry level workers of today, you know, the, the decision makers of tomorrow, really, you know, don't, don't think you're above talking to the senior account executive or the account executive with your dream, you know, franchise that you want to work for, because, they're going to be a manager one day. They're going to be an executive one day too. So, you know, growing that network now, you know, planting seeds early on and then, you know, benefiting from these people that are, I mean, they're, they're in the same boat you are. They want to build their career. They want to rise to the top as fast as you do. So, um, 
just looking at the opportunities, not necessarily the person or the position that they're in right now. Uh, so excellent. Well, I love this conversation. And so far we've talked about, you know, the first thing is really understanding the outcomes that your buyers want. Um, we've talked about building your network, but I know that another thing that is near and dear to your heart is self-discipline. Uh, and I know that's paid, uh, <laughs> played a huge role in getting you to where you are today. And by the way, congratulations um, on the book, Climbing Your Self-Discipline Tree, Three Stages Essential for Accomplishing Any Goal. Self-discipline, um, what'd you learn in your 20s and on your sales journey that, uh, that led you to write a book about self-discipline? Yeah, I mean, it, for a lot of the reasons we talked about here today, you know, I, the, the the youth of today is just kind of has this misconception about what self-discipline really is. I think, you know, especially my generation, the millennials, we have this belief that self-discipline means you're, you got a whip and like, you're, you know, you're beating yourself senseless every day. You know, <laughs> you got to make, you know, 20 phone calls every hour or else you're not doing, you know, you're not self-disciplined enough. And that couldn't be further from the truth. I mean. I say it in the book, if that's what self-discipline was, I would not be writing a book on the subject, you know, mm -hmm. um, it's, it's more about, you know, how can you envision the goals that you want to achieve personally and professionally, because those two go more hand in hand than people realize. And, you know, then establishing what those goals are via the smart goal method. Um, I'm sure you guys are familiar with that, you know, mm -hmm. uh, there are several iterations of it, but, you know, the one I mentioned in the book is, you know, specific, measurable, achievable, relevant, and time-based. I think that last one's the most important one. Um, and then once you set those goals, you know, really organizing them and prioritizing them. Um, and I have a couple ways to do that in the book. And then the last one, and possibly the most important for my generation specifically, is removing the, the distractions. I mean, there's so many distractions out there, you know, most of them self-inflicted. So, you know, if you want to get where you're going to, where you want to be in your career and, and in your personal life, you got to eliminate those distractions. I mean, you know, cell phone being the main one and, you know, time wasting apps I talk about extensively in the book. I mean, I have a whole chapter dedicated to it. So, um, yeah, those, those are the biggest takeaways for me in self-discipline. And it's just the really cool thing about the book in general, you know, not to pat myself on the back, but I didn't want it to just be about my perception of self-discipline. So I actually sent a, a survey to uh, 50 professionals that I knew in my network, coming back to the network again, um, and uh, just, you know, kind of sent them a survey about what they thought of self-discipline, what, how they prioritize different aspects of it, you know, what advice they'd have for young professionals. And so the book itself is really just a culmination of all the information they gave me. Uh, I love this. By the way, congratulations. So proud of you. Mm -hmm. Is You're welcome. Is when it comes to self-discipline, what is it that you learn, right? So you sent out these, the, the surveys, what came back? What's, what were like the aha moments when you started keying in on self-discipline and looking at this through your network? Yeah. Uh, the biggest takeaway was the distractions, which I just talked about, you know, decluttering your life. I mean, so many people, VP, I'm, I'm not just talking about my generation. I'm talking about VP, CEOs, you know, um, people in decision-making roles, um, they all mentioned every, every single one of them, but one, I mentioned, I got 50 surveys back every single one of them, but one of them mentioned that, um, that their phone, they needed to reduce time wasting apps. I mean, every single one of them, you know, they all, mm -hmm. 
understood it, it, specifically social media, you know, and the role that that plays in their, in their life and how they need to, you know, kind of declutter that. Um, so I spent a, a bunch of time before I even started writing the book just on how I could, you know, what exercises I could use. I kind of use myself as a guinea pig for eliminating some really, really toxic um, apps in general, you know, not just people, not just, um, you know, video, you know, not just games on the phone, but I'm talking about like apps that were, as soon as I heard the ding, you know, that that's where my, you know, my face automatically goes to the phone. <laughs> um, so it, it was a lot of trial and error there. And, uh, you know, I hope those exercises kind of help people. I absolutely love it. I think this is so, so critical when it comes to, uh, being successful is, is that discipline to stay focused what other, I'm just curious as you wrap this conversation up and uh, this is, this has been really, really helpful. Um, if you were to look back and, and give some advice to your early twenties self that landed in that first sales job based on what you've discovered since then, um, what, what would you say? I know you spoke to a college class about this earlier today, so I'm really kind of fishing for what did you tell the college <laughs> students? about uh, getting into into sales and and what they should um, what they could be thinking about that you wish someone had told you yeah I mean I mentioned you know I, I really wish I, mean, I mentioned earlier in the episode you know just the the power of the network I, I keep coming back to it but if I had mm -hmm. just had one uh, good connection I mean I, I there was something that I you know shared in that presentation which was uh, eighty percent of jobs are filled through a personal connection, and that doesn't mean, that doesn't mean you have to be best friends with the guy or the gal that you know is hiring. It just means you've taken the time to connect with them and build a good enough relationship where they're like, "Hey, I think Zach would be the perfect fit for this position." And then the more shocking statistic that I found was that seventy percent of those positions don't have never been posted. They don't exist prior to that person filling the role. Um, so. You know, to answer your question, Daryl, I, I wish I would have just, you know, made some time to build a connection, whether that was, you know, using LinkedIn. I mean, just understanding how easy it is to do that. I thought it was difficult. You know, I thought I would have to, I thought that was something I would have to do once I got the job. Mm -hmm. I, would, I would have been doing that before I got the job because it would have been how I got the job. But luckily, um, I mentioned Jeff Moran before, luckily he took a chance on me and it all worked out, but, uh, you know, not everybody gets that opportunity. So, you know, start building your network down. That's what I would tell myself. I, I would say amen to that. It, it just, right. I, I'm going to slam myself on this one. I just, you know, when I started my career, the internet wasn't even around and computers weren't even around, but I, I fully support what you said. We just had to do, you know, back in the days, we just had to do it differently. We were, we were still building networks, but they weren't networks of today where, you know, we're leveraging social hats off to you because, you know, I, I would say just to layer on top of this, Daryl is I, I would just say find coaches and mentors along the way, mm -hmm. you know, same thing to what you were saying, you know, Zach about building networks and all that. But if I could just offer advice just to some of the younger salespeople that are out there, find mentors, find coaches and double down on that and double down on your networks. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm, that's a, a, another thing about self-discipline is, you know, I have an accountability chapter. That's the last chapter of the book. And, you know, it just talks about, um, you know, the, the, I give an example of uh, the Inklings, if you've ever heard of that group. 
C.S. Lewis and J.R.R. Tolkien were in that group. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it was it was a little uh, little group that met at a, a pub in England um, every Monday night, I think it was. Um, and th- I mean, that's where the Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit and the Chronicles of Narnia, all those books came from that group. You know, um, they would meet every Monday night at the local pub and just share new chapters, new side stories, new frameworks of the book you know they get the voice of nine other men um you know who shared their same interests and their same morals in life um they just get feedback and then they come back the next week and do it all over again so just the the power of accountability and the mentorship like you said you know um it just provides a different perspective i love it good so wow wow zach thank you so much for sharing your heart with us today you're a true inspiration tell us how we can get this amazing book, Climbing Your Self-Discipline Tree, the three stages essential for accomplishing any goal. Yeah, so it's available um, in ebook and paperback version right now on Amazon. Um, Sweet. So the easy way to do that is, um, you know, you can either go to my website, ZachMatthewsWriting.com, Matthews with one T, um, and then, or you can just go to Amazon and, climb, you know, type in Climbing Your Self-Discipline Tree. That that should make it, uh, you know, should, should be the first one to pop up, hopefully. It absolutely is. I'm there right now. And uh, Zach, I just want to say a huge thank you. Congratulations on the book. And uh, man, you're a true inspiration. I really appreciate you investing in all of us today. Yeah, thank you, man. Thank you so much, guys. Appreciate it. Fantastic. Oh, Larry, Daryl. Climbing your self-discipline tree. That was a great conversation. Um, oh yeah, here's what here's what's funny. And too bad we just didn't have enough time to, to peel this one back. Is yeah, go tell a millennial to remove apps off their mobile device and and so forth. Hilarious. I mean, but, but you know that requires some self discipline. <laughs> tell any of us. Come tell on, any man. of us. Tell any of us. And and uh, but this is this discussion was so powerful. Talking about focusing on outcomes, building your network, uh, developing self self discipline, and the last part was accountability. Um, very, very practical, not just for um, our friends that are newer in their sales career, but really applicable for every single one of us. And, and I think uh, this has been a very encouraging conversation today. And I'd be remiss of saying, uh, you know, just kind of springboarding off that accountability side of it. This is critical that you're a part of a group of like-hearted people, just like the, uh, the Inkling group that gathered together um, that you've got a group of people and you've got a coach. And uh, if you don't have a group of people, uh, we'd welcome you to come find a group of like-hearted people in the Selling from the Heart Insiders group. If you don't have a coach, uh, what great performing athlete or professional does it without a coach? I mean, it, it's just, yeah. you know, going back to that sports uh, sports analogy and all of it. Um, if I were to do my 20s over again, um, I would have a coach. And uh, so if you don't have a coach, whatever, wherever you are in your sales career, I highly encourage you to get one. Once again, if you're looking for a coach, we'd love to talk with you. We've got an incredible team of uh, Selling from the Heart certified coaches that are helping people uh, define, develop, and actually uh, do uh, authentic sales success, hitting their sales goals and doing it in a way that drives fulfillment. Larry, what a pleasure. What a fun journey this is. What an incredible honor uh, to be able to hang out with this community of growing community of like-hearted sales professionals driving a movement of authenticity in the sales profession. Just wow. It, it, it's, 
I'm honored. It's a blessing. It's so great to see the community come together around like-minded conversations. It's been, sometimes I get speechless seeing this all build out, but, but you know what? That's what we're here for. We're here to drive the message around selling from the heart, Daryl. Absolutely. And this is a movement of authenticity in the sales profession, which means you're a part of it. If you're listening, you're a part of it. Thank you for liking, sharing, commenting um, on this podcast. It does help us spread the word as we are, are doing something which we all believe is really important, which is bringing authenticity to the sales profession we all know and love. So right now we've got an exciting uh, spring ahead. The roster of folks coming on the Selling from the Heart podcast is super exciting. Make sure to like and subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And until next week, keep being genuine, keep being authentic, keep adding real value Climb your self-discipline tree. And most of all, thanks for listening to the Selling from the Heart podcast on the SalesCast Network. If you enjoyed the show, make sure to hit the subscribe button so you don't miss an episode. We appreciate your encouraging reviews as it helps us spread the word. As always, we would love to connect with you. So look for us on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, and your favorite podcast platform. This podcast is produced by our friends at SalesCast. Learn more at www.salescast.co. We look forward to seeing you next time.